Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I wanted to talk about intuition today. And I'm choosing that word because what I really want to talk about is meditation. But I feel like that word has such a, I don't even want to say stigma because I don't even know if I would say it's negative. I don't think people are like, oh, you meditate, you're a jerk. No, but it just has a certain connotation to it. And I want to sort of open up the, um, you know, the spectrum of understanding in terms of what it is, why it's important, um, why we need it, uh, you know, what it what it really takes to do it or what it really is when you do it, because that's kind of a, a, a main question because it's kind of like doing nothing. So people are like, so what am I actually doing? So I'm going to talk about that. Um, and I'm going to really try to um, step away from so much of like the coaching terminology because I think especially something like this it just seems so what do I want to say it just it just seems so it doesn't seem like a, a common thing like I feel like meditation is something that seems like it belongs to a certain demographic which it doesn't it's literally something that every human does needs um should do because it's literally just a process of like your mind <laughs> So if you have a mind, which if you're listening to this podcast or watching this video, you do. So you count. Um, but I do want to talk about it a little bit more relatably. And I want to talk about it more in terms of intuition um, and also like the health aspect of it. And, you know, it, it's getting more speed or it's get. I don't want to say it's getting more trendy, but it's getting more trendy. Um. But I, I think that there's just still so much of a mystery about it. Cause it. And this has really been sort of my main mission of my entire business, my entire project, and taking the time to back up a little bit and not be so results-oriented or end-goal-oriented because I feel like so much, you know, behavioral wellness or coaching or instruction or, you know, I see a lot of great stuff on... Instagram and online and YouTube and you know a lot of these uh, coaches or leaders or whatever they have you know great ideas and, I, and I'm certain that they understand it but I feel like it's so unhelpful because I experienced it when I was trying to learn these things I feel like it's so unhelpful to hear well be this or do that be confident or like you know don't <laughs> don't let what other people think don't let that get to you it's like okay no shit like yeah but how like just saying what to do I think is so futile because if if that if it were that easy and you're like well I should be exercising and eating well like you'd be doing it so my point is to kind of go back and really break things down about the process and like where our mind goes and, and where our, our human instincts are in terms of the way we think and the way we respond and how we prioritize things and then how that leads to our choices, uh, whether they're healthy or unhealthy, and then how we can just bring awareness to those things and, and taking time to talk about them specifically so that we can be aware of them so that the next time we come across a situation where you know, we're behaving unfavorably or we're like, oh, why did I do that? We have more of like a a ground to look back on it and think, oh, okay, well, this is probably why. 
you know, I was feeling insecure, so I was looking for validation or whatever, and then you can fix it, right? So back to meditation or intuition, I'm going to call it. People tend to grasp at identities and be like, I'm this kind of person or I'm not the kind of person who, it's like, what? Like, you can be all the things, so get that out of your head. And getting little pieces of all these different elements of yourself um, and, and sort of stretching your wings um, and kind of reaching to the, to the end of the dynamics of your personality and who you are is, first of all, fun. Hi. Like, people who love to, like, dress up for Halloween or, like, whatever. They love, like, you know, being anonymous. Yeah, we love to, like, put on different masks because it's freeing. So why can't we just do that every day? Easier said than done, again. But another topic for another day. So a lot of people tend to say, like, oh, I'm not the meditation type. Yes, you are. That's like saying I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a breathing kind of person. It's like, okay. Meditation has so many purposes, and a lot of people who aren't stressed aren't going to seek it out, but they need it just as much. I, everybody, everybody does. I'm the most, like, spastic, like, attention everywhere. I'm the messiest person. Like, if you ask any of my coworkers what my office looks like, I, I don't stay focused. I'm all over the place. I'm hyper. I can't sit still. Um, I just, I'm all, I'm all over the place. So a lot of people think like, oh, I could never meditate. I can't sit still. Well, first of all, that's the point and you need it more. That's the first thing. Second of all, yeah, you can. Everybody can. So <clears throat> trying to, trying to meditate <laughs> at first, I was like almost in tears. I was so frustrated because I would go to these um, like classes that was like an hour and a half and it'd be like an hour talk on like Buddhist philosophy. And I was like, whoa, this is great. Like, it's so interesting. Cool. I'm learning stuff. And then they'd be like, okay, 30 minute meditation. I'd be like, oh my God, please no. And most people, when they have trouble meditating, like one of two things is going to happen. So you can already expect this. If you have trouble at first, which you probably will because we're humans, you're either going to your mind is going to go insane no banana cakes and it's going to go 10,000 miles per hour. Or you're going to fall asleep, which is what I did. <laughs> Every class, I fell asleep. Um, so, expect that. It's going to happen. But, all you have to do is practice it. That's all you have to do. It'll get easier. Don't expect to be good at it right away. Right? So, okay. So, back to you know, the, the relatability of, of its purpose. So it took me a long time to really understand what the hell I was supposed to be doing because it's a lot about what you're not supposed to be doing, which is like grasping onto thoughts, letting your head spin out of control, like your mind, um, and not letting your, your thoughts kind of take over. So kind of like detaching and stepping back. So, you know, I had a lot of trouble with that at first, my brain will just rattle off in circles, just thinking about things like, I wonder what, you know, I wonder how this guy came to be or whatever, just loser one-on-one. The point is, and I wish somebody had explained this to me just in more layman's terms, because I would have been like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. <clears throat> the point of meditation is to take the opportunity or to practice finding the place where or how to have mental 
peace. So practicing getting to the place or finding the place where you have mental peace or how to find mental peace. And it literally is a practice because it's so difficult. It's so difficult, especially if you're anything over like 11 years old, you're going to have had an entire lifetime of obsessive thoughts because it's the way our instincts work, especially in a world where we're so overstimulated. We have to make so many decisions like, you know, back in the day, like cavemen style, they were just like, eat, sleep, whatever. That's it. That's all I had to think about. These days, I mean, there's there's never... There's never a time when we don't have to be making decisions. And for, for most people, I think for more people, um, it's more of like an anxiety-related thing where the, the thoughts spin out of control and they're focused on, I don't even want to say negative things, but just worrying about things or, or making up theoretical outcomes or harping on the past or, you know, fear for the future or whatever the case. So it's important for anyone. So it's practicing getting to this place of mental peace. And, you know, if you only, if you have even just one second of this mental piece, and I'll describe it in a second, if you have even just one second of that mental piece, just one moment, you're like, oh, there it is. And if you can find it for even one second, then you can get back to it. If you can find it once, you can find it again. And if you can keep finding it again and again and again, it'll start to get more familiar. And you'll know what it feels like. And you'll be able to find it faster. And you'll be able to be more comfortable with it because it's super uncomfortable. It feels weird. It's literally the point of not thinking anything. Like if you've never tried to meditate before, if you like stop listening to this podcast and go and sit there in the quiet and try not to think anything, it's weird. It's weird. We always have thoughts in our heads and we don't even consider that. But if you can find that that moment and get comfortable with it, And again, keep finding it and then you're going to get good at finding it because you're going to practice getting to it. It's just like, you know, driving to some place that you don't, you know, you've never been to before. Like you're really paying attention to the street signs and you're reading the directions over and over again. You're really unsure and you're hyper aware. And then the more times you drive there, then it starts to become familiar. You know how to get there. Then you could get there with your eyes closed. No pun intended. Hey, it's the same way with meditation. You get better at getting there and it becomes easier and faster so that in your life when you start getting stressed, anxious, um, thinking that you're Albert Einstein like me, you can easily kind of get this like resource and it's more readily accessible than like having to sit there for 30 minutes to try to figure out how to get there or just to get that one moment. It becomes like a couple seconds for you to get there And then you can stay there for longer and longer and longer and so on and so forth. So that's why it's called a practice. And it's supposed to be really awkward at first. It's going to be. So get that in your head already that it's going to be a process. You're going to feel awkward. You're going to feel stupid. Um, Because anything that's new feels like that. The end. Yeah. If you never, say you never walked your entire life and you're 22 and you never walked. You know, you're born with no legs or something. And then you're 22 years old and somebody gives you prosthetics and you learn how to walk. Walking is going to feel weird as shit to that person. They're going to be like, what the fuck is this? But for all of us that have been walking our whole lives, we're like, how could walking be weird? It's the exact same thing. Anything that's new is weird. Even if it's like something that's plain as day or something, you know, even if it's something that's really new or strange, like meditation, if you've never done it before, it's only weird because you haven't done it a lot. So do it more and it won't be so weird. Okay. Um, 
nothing's like inherently weird. It's only weird because it's new and you stop it. You stop the weirdness by making it not so new by doing it more. (laughs) That's my (laughs) brilliantly deep thought of the day. Our natural state as humans is happiness or joy. It's hard to differentiate sometimes between like sustainable happiness and like excitement or like a, a spike up. So like having the boy you like ask you on a date and you get that like, that's not sustainable happiness. That's like excitement or like getting that job you're after or like winning money. Like those are all things that are like a rush and they're not sustainable. Not saying that they're not happiness. You know, they're good feelings, but they're more like excitement. They're temporary. They're tentative. They're related to an external circumstance. So when that circumstance doesn't happen anymore or stops happening, that happiness is gone, right? Even if it's something new, like you get the job and that's exciting, that's happy, but then like a week later that wears off and you're like, okay, well, I have the job, but like the excitement of getting it is gone. So it's not sustainable. So trying to trying to find the difference between that is a big part of meditation and a big lesson in and of itself. So sustainable happiness meaning not like excitement, but just peace honestly sustainable happiness is just peace it's just inner peace it's mental it's emotional peace and that's something that i think everybody wants i mean every human wants happiness and i think we all are searching for that place of peace so the philosophy is that and you know so many people i talk about this oh god all the time especially with my clients we have a lot of negative feelings, emotions, thoughts, just as humans. It's, it's one of those like head against heart kind of things where our heart wants to be happy and joyful all the time, but our head is like protecting us, basically. We have to have those like doubts and the like cynicism and, and the analyzing and the projection because, you know, our brain is trying to protect us. Like, don't pick that decision. Like, that's going to cause you you know, emotional distress, or that's going to put you in physical danger, or that's going to make you lose a ton of money, you know what I mean? So, kind of understanding the role of both those things is important as well, that like, we're going to have those thoughts, but we have to have like a time and a place, and it's not getting stuck there. So, a lot of us, most of us, are stressed, upset, frustrated, depressed, disappointed, whatever, negative feelings, all the things. So we feel bad and we're like, I want to feel better because I don't think anybody enjoys feeling like shit. If you do, you're a sociopath. Don't talk to me. We try to go out and, and then seek happiness. We try to go and and gain good things to displace the bad things. You're feeling depressed, so you're like, I need to feel better. I'm going to go buy myself a pretty new dress. I mean, I'm here for it. I love it. Does not stop you from being depressed? No, absolutely not. And that's where emotional eating comes in. Hey, that's the first episode of the podcast. So you can check it out. But we, so basically we're trying to like, like override. It doesn't work. And I, I use this metaphor a lot. It's so gross. I'm sorry. But it's just such a good one. Remember that old Febreze commercial where like... <laughs> They have, like, like somebody's, like, throws away trash in the kitchen and the trash, like, stinks up the kitchen. 
And so they try to like spray the flowery spray over the, the trash smell. And they're like, now your kitchen smells like flowers and trash. It's like exactly what we do. Exactly what we do. Instead of like bringing the Febreze, it like gets rid of the trash smell. And then your kitchen smells great because it doesn't smell like anything. It's such a gross metaphor, but like how accurate. I hope at least one person just had a light bulb go off because it's true. And then not only do we have these underlying frustrations and, and negative feelings that aren't resolved by us going out to, you know, gamble or buy new things or eat ice cream or sleep around or buy a house or whatever. Buy a house. That was so extreme. Um, but then we have that like spike that I was talking about because it's not sustainable happiness. It's like excitement that will fade when the, the event is over, when you stop eating ice cream, when the dress isn't new anymore, whatever. And so then you have the crash. So you have like the underlying depression and then you have the crash from the happiness. So it's like double, double shit. Which, I don't know about you, but it sounds like a great time. I'm being sarcastic. So, the point here is to, it's, it's, it's the practice of, when you're meditating, when you, when you find that peace, that silence is your peace in your head. So, it's, it's literally and essentially just having the negative thoughts shut the fuck up. Because when the negative thoughts aren't there, regardless of what other, you know, what, what other kind of like, quote unquote, happiness you have going on or, or whatever good things, regardless, you want to enjoy them if the negative feelings are still there. And, and then when you get rid of the negative feelings, even if you don't have anything exciting going on in your life, you're still going to be happy because you're peaceful. So happiness is literally just the lack thereof negative thoughts and, and feelings. The the feelings are just a result of the thoughts, so so one and the same. So when we practice being quiet, we don't affect ourselves negatively. Now that's not to say don't have positive thoughts. That's great. That's where like mantras come in or like affirmations. Like I love what I'm here for. That's one of my biggest tactics for um, personal training clients or when I'm you know, trying to achieve like, you know, run a marathon or something, but taking away the, the negativity is the important thing. So, and again, this is why it's so relatable to everybody because everybody has suffering. Like we're humans. It's a difference in like, like when you're weeding your yard, like cutting the weeds off with a lawnmower or like spraying the yard with like weed killer and killing it from the root when we cut off our thoughts, right? Because that's the root of our feelings. So I don't care. You can agree with me on this or not. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's science. Our thoughts directly create our feelings. That is fact. Our thoughts create our feelings, our emotions. Now, am I saying that we have to be void and be like robots and not? No. I'm a mess 90% of the time, but I know how to fix it. That's the important thing. Because you don't want to miss out on the human experience. It's part of it. You have to have the ups and downs. But you want to be able to experience those things productively and with awareness so that you can learn from them, like a, like a science experiment, like you're watching something go wrong. 
you know, you mix two chemicals and you see, you know, something go wrong. You're like, okay, well, that's why, you know, we did this first and then this first. So next time, you know, instead of doing A, B, C, let's do A, C, B and see what happens. You know what I mean? So it's not that you don't have problems or getting rid of problems, but being more productive with them and, and being more in tune. And that's a separate podcast. I'll talk about that more um, later. But when we can quiet our thoughts, even if the situation around us hasn't changed, say you're in a bad situation, I don't know, maybe you just got fired from your job. It's not going to change the fact that you got fired from your job. It's still going to be there. It's still going to be shitty. But at least you can have temporary relief. Because if you stop thinking about it, if you're not thinking about getting fired from your job and you those thoughts cease then you're not going to have those emotional feelings of like stress, depression, whatever. Even if it's just tentative. Again, I'm you know, I'm not saying you're going to be like Superman, but and you know, we notice it too like if you're having a really bad day or you, you know, I don't know, maybe you just got dumped or something like last week. But, you know, you watch a, a comedy show or you go out dancing. And you forget about it for a little bit and you're not miserable that time. Like the situation doesn't go away, but for that little bit of time, you're not miserable because you forgot about it. And that's literally what meditation is. And so not only does it give you A, a break, B, the power to, it sort of gives you the, the power or the understanding that you are at least capable of that. And again, not to say that we're not ever going to have, you know, emotions affect us because they will all the time. But just kind of seeing it happen like once or twice, you're going to be like, oh, if, if, if I'm able to, if this situation is still happening, I'm still fired. But if for 30 minutes I don't feel bad or stressed or whatever, then it's possible that I am actually controlling how I feel. Because if you weren't controlling it, then you couldn't change it. You, you wouldn't be able to stop feeling shitty for even one minute if it wasn't in your control. But because you, ha- you, you see yourself, you witness it, you sit there and for 10 minutes, one minute, whatever, 30 seconds, you don't feel suffering. Like, oh, I have the power to turn this off and on. And that's going to blow your fucking mind. (laughs) Um, But just realizing that. That's enough reason to practice on its own. Just to realize that our understanding of situations and how we process them and digest them affects how we feel. And again, I'm sure we've all heard this a hundred thousand times. But kind of understanding the process and what you're looking for is helpful. So then once you see that, then you can start working on okay you know again once you come out of the meditation you're probably gonna remember again that you got fired you probably feel shitty again it's okay it's okay it's not supposed to fix you in one minute it's just supposed to make you realize the difference between what you're thinking when you are feeling shitty and how that affects you and when you think something else you feel differently but um that's the point and also once you and, and when you get to that place of peace once you feel it where you're just like it's literally like if you have a really relaxing day and you're like you know maybe your kids have a babysitter and you're off from work on vacation 
and like you don't have anything to do that day and you put yourself in a nice bath you got a glass of wine you're watching your favorite show and you like have not a care in the world it's like that but kind of like all the time and emotionally right and so you see how good that feels when you do have that like it's literally like and we don't even know what we're missing because most of us have never felt it that peace that that quiet that internal quiet and it's literally like you've been standing up for 25 years and you sit down for the first time you're like oh i didn't know that standing up sucked so much <laughs> and i realized how bad my legs were aching literally that and you're gonna be like oh that feels so much better and it's gonna take a while but you're gonna see how good it feels and you're gonna be like it's gonna start to be like appealing and you're gonna be you're gonna start to the more you do it you're gonna start to desire that feeling you're going to start to desire feeling peaceful and calm all the time. And so then you're going to work harder to practice. You're going to work harder to be aware in your daily life to make those changes. And that's going to create a positive snowball effect of you getting get trying to get back to that place as much as possible because you like it. And then you're going to get better at it. So then you're going to be in that place more. So then you're going to like being there more. And it's all about contrast. Like, at first, if you're living this life of like turmoil and stress and rumination, which by the way, rumination is just like um, like obsessive thoughts, like going over and over, um, like a thought or concept, whatever. Being still is going to feel uncomfortable because you're going to feel like you should be doing something about how you feel and sitting still is going to be frustrating for you. That's me. But then once you start, like I said, when you get into that practice, you start doing it more whenever you tip the scale, right? So like right now, say maybe you're like 5% peaceful and 95% stress. That 5% feels weird because it's an outlier or it's less frequent or it's unusual. And you start to practice more and more and more and more and the stress comes down and the peace comes up and then eventually you're going to hit this tipping point of like 50-50 and you're going to start to be peaceful more than you're stressed. So then the peace becomes your your normal state your consistent state and so then the stress feels like an outlier so you're more adverse to it just like you're going to be adverse to being calm in the beginning but you just have to know that and know that it's not wrong for you or it's not like something you can't do it's just how it is because of what we're used to so once you become peaceful 95 percent of the time that five percent becomes adverse or even like you're peaceful 60 percent of the time and that 40 percent starts to feel more unusual so it's going to like like wean its way off or wean its way out. <laughs> I don't know. So that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point of the the process. So once we get that awareness of how we can, like I was saying before, how we can see how much our thoughts affect how we feel. And we can see how, like like I was saying, if we think one thing, we feel good. If we think another thing, we feel bad. We're going to start looking to change our thought process. Because we're going to be experimenting. We're going to see, like, okay, well, when I think, you know, this meeting's going to suck. And I'm dreading it. It's going to be terrible. And I'm going to get in trouble. We feel stressed, dread, blah, 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 whatever. And you're going to see like, oh, well, if I think 
I'm going to get something good out of it, or it's only going to be 30 minutes, or at least I have donuts, whatever, then you don't have to feel shitty. You don't have to feel the dread. You don't have to feel the frustration. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to feel anything. Like You are your own refuge, and you don't... Nothing outside of you has to affect you on the inside because the only things that you feel come from your own mind and we control what we think now you say well if the situation is yeah okay i understand certain certain situations they're harder just start with the easy ones right so the small situations that are like not that bad like i was saying like the meeting or whatever and then eventually you'll get to the bigger ones because it's going to take a while because it takes a lot of understanding to try to see really bad situations in a positive light. Once you and it's bro, it's a fucking game. changed my entire life. I don't even know who I was five years ago. Depressed. Oh my god. Oh so depressed. Oh so depressed. Bad. I wouldn't get out of bed for fucking days. Um, and this changed my entire life because I was able to be in control of what happened to me. Only be not because I changed what actually was happening. But because I didn't think it was so bad anymore. The same things. Like I was so depressed. Like my downward spiral (laughs) happened when I was a waitress for a very long time because I was pretending to be an actor. So I got fired from my waitressing job. And I was like, this is the bottom of the barrel. I mean, I deserved it. But... I was like, fuck, dude, I can't even do this, right? I, it was just, it was bad, right? Quarter-life crisis. Now, something like that happens. I mean, I haven't been fired in a long time, but even, like, I just left my recent job. Not, I mean, voluntarily, but it was kind of a mutual, it was a mutual parting. Let's put it that way. It wasn't working out for anybody. And I was so hype. Was it bad? Yeah, because I'm fucking broke as shit. And I have no money and no income, and I didn't know what other job I was going to have. I've had no job for two months, and it's been the best fucking time of my life because of the way I was looking at it and the opportunity. So, yeah, it's, it's not that things change. It's just that you don't have to feel the way you feel about them. And that's that's another one of those, like, sentences or concepts that we hear so much, and it's like, what does that mean? Um, so hopefully that, that gives it a little bit of... of perspective and that comes from being you have to be more open-minded to consider other what do I want to say other outcomes or outlooks I guess yeah outlooks so the metaphor that I use hopefully this is helpful um working at McDonald's so if I had to work at McDonald's at this stage of my life, where I am now and, you know, considering all of my other experiences and such, if I had to work at McDonald's, that would be terrible. That would be literally my worst nightmare. That would be bottom of the barrel. I would be just devastated. I'd be miserable going to work. I would hate it. I'd feel like shit. My ego would be bruised. Whatever. On and on terrible situation job at mcdonald's now say there's somebody who i don't know maybe escaped from 
you know, a war-ridden country and came over to the U.S. with their family and they were terrified about how to feed them and take care of them and somebody graciously gave them a job at McDonald's. Like, even, you know, maybe they're undocumented or whatever and somebody was like, it's okay, like, you can work here and make money. That would be a miracle. You know what I'm saying? And and I know that that's like... It's hard to relate those things to like, oh, well, somebody cheated on me. Like, I I get it. (laughs) It's, you know, you'll get there. But start with the small things. That's what I'm saying. And just if you can understand how that's possible, then you can start applying it to other situations. The fact that like a job at McDonald's is neither good nor bad in essence. It doesn't have any connotation to it. Same thing with like losing a job. If you fucking hated that job, And now you're going to go and, you know, move to the Bahamas and start your own business. It's great. If you don't have any other experience and, you know, you live in the middle of nowhere and that's the only place you can work and you get fired. Yeah, that sucks. But I'm just saying that it's not. Things don't exist on their own. So so you can look at things however you want to. And that that's what I mean about having that open mind. And try, you have to look for those things a lot of the time. And it's also like a, a thing of practice too. Like I, I can very, very clearly see my past experiences or like my past, like, you know, I've been studying meditation for five years. I can very, very clearly see like when the scale was tipped, like like when... I reached certain levels, you know, like first it was like day to day stuff and like getting annoyed with people on the subway. And then it was like, you know, and then I got understanding of people being mean to me or being rude. And then I got an understanding of like jobs being shitty then to like, you know, now moving on to like love and relationships and like purpose And like where, you know, where life is putting you. So like, it's going to be a process. Just start with the small things and practice that and get there. Um, And, and, you know, another example, because I I sometimes, I remember encountering, I had this boss. Oh God, it wasn't even my boss. He was like my co-manager. I mean, just heinous, heinous vindictive, spiteful, malicious, insecure, condescending, misogynist. Shall I go on? The worst. And it's like, I felt like I was, you know, a victim, so to speak, of being in this person's presence. Was I? I don't know. Probably. But that's kind of the point. It's like, what what does the reality of the situation really matter? If you can figure out a way to call it something else that doesn't suck, you win. It doesn't really matter what the reality is because you could make it whatever you want. Because however you see it is the truth. So I was so miserable and I hated this guy. And I was like, this man is awful. He's so awful. He's an awful man. And like, most of the other people, like there was a couple people and trust me, the truth came out because I was right all along and people discovered how heinous he really was, but (laughs) see, still human, still spiteful. Um, 
but I had to be in that job. And so I had to, so that's really the thing. It's like, you have a choice. It's like, you're not going to change who that person is. He was what he was. He wasn't getting fired and I wasn't leaving the job. I needed that job. So I could sit there and just complain about him and be miserable and be pissed and offended all the time. Or I could find another way to look at it and not suffer. Does your ego have to take a seat? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a trade, though. Take your pick. Can't have both. And like, I'm an Italian girl from Boston. And as Buddhist as I freaking want to be or as spiritual as I want to be, I still have that that ego deep down, that competitive pride. So fun. And to swallow my fucking pride and like be nice to him. Oh my God. It was the worst, but it made me happier. So who really wins? You know, if he's a dick, then he's going to have a dick life. So he's really suffering, not me. In the circumstance, I'm suffering. Yeah, but I have control over that. So that's the great news. So another point too, like um, my teacher told me, you know, I think this guy's awful, but he had a wife that married him because she loves him. So we sit there and argue like, are they wrong or am I wrong? Neither. She just has a different perception of him. She sees him differently than I do. So that's the point that he, as a person is not good or bad. Some people think he's great and are and they're in love with him. Some people like myself hate his guts. That's the point. He's not good or bad. It's not that I'm right and she's wrong or she's right and I'm wrong. It's just how we see it. Right? So I decided like, okay, this person is just, you know, he just wants to fit in and he wants to be successful and support his wife and his his new child. And so he wants to climb up the ladder and and he wants to be, feel important. So that's why he's trying to, you know, step on the little people and, you know, talk shit about them. Basically would talk shit about me to try to discredit because he knew he wasn't doing a good job, but he still needed to climb the ladder. So he would say things about me or like if something went wrong, he would blame me for it because he didn't want to lose his job. So you guys don't know this person, obviously, but you're probably sitting there like, well, I get that. Is it right for him to blame stuff on me that I didn't do? No, of course not. But that's not the question. No one's saying that it's right or wrong. But that's the point is it doesn't matter. Different conversation doesn't matter. I'm talking about you not having to feel shitty because of it. That's all. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or change the situation or he is or isn't anything, you know, as a human. But I decided to to take pity on him and just feel like, well, he doesn't have the skills to prevail in this company. And this is, you know, the only thing that he can do to kind of get ahead is, you know, say I'm making all these mistakes. So when things go wrong, um, you know, he's he's free of blame. And also he is trying to discredit my voice. So if I complained about him or said he was doing, you know, A, B, and C wrong, then people would doubt what I was saying because he, you know, would claim that I was lying about things. Whatever. Way too far into that concept. Um, But I also hate when people give talks and it's like so vague that you're like, okay, but what are you talking about? 
So I think really specific examples sometimes help. So me deciding that it was just, he was just kind of pathetic and that I had the skills and he was threatened by me because I was like running everything and he just wanted to support his family. I was like, mm. do you still suck? Yeah, but like, did I feel like he was doing it to me or I was being attacked anymore? No. So then I didn't feel that feeling of like, oh, like fuck this guy or, or feeling like I needed to make revenge or, or whatever. I just didn't feel shitty going to work anymore. You know, he still worked there. I still hated him. He was still fucking annoying. He was still grimy and lying and whatever. So it doesn't change it. But I just didn't feel like I was being attacked anymore. So I didn't feel shitty. So I was able to go about my day and be more successful. That's the point. That's the point. You're just looking out for you. You're not trying to change things. You're just trying to not feel like shit. And once you see that you have the power to do that, you literally are free because we feel like we live in our environment. (laughs) That sounds so funny. Of course we do. But we feel like our environment exists and we exist within it. But tis not true, dear friends. Our environment exists as a result of how we understand it to exist. You know, that was so Nikola Tesla, but <laughs> it's true. And, and, and I'm not asking you to kind of understand. It's such a heavy concept that you have to really like look in depth into and like process it and like let it apply to life situations. And then you'll start to see it more and more. But at least if somebody kind of like exposes you to that thought, you can start looking into it. You got, you know, you got to discover it for yourself. Don't take my word for anything. You got to discover it for yourself. But, but anything you hear right or wrong, any kind of information is going to start if it makes you think and makes you think about yourself and start creating self-awareness, you already won. Automatic win. That being said, getting that power, that's what meditation is for because you learn how to do that. You learn how to be peaceful. You learn what peace feels like. And then you start to see how that affects how you feel. And then you see that you can control how you feel. And then when you can control how you feel, you're all going to pick happiness all the time. So then guess what? You're going to be happy all the time. Ta-da! Long story short, five-year story short, but alas. Um, It's kind of like, so this is a really good example I used too, and this like, and again, you can argue with me about your thoughts not creating how you feel, like, oh, I couldn't help it. Okay. What you can't help is the emotional responses that occur as a result of your thoughts. That's what you can't control. Right, because your body, your body responds. Your hormone system, your your endocrine system, responds to thoughts. Now, the reason why we're all fat and sick and tired and dying and have a hundred million thousand diseases—that was a bold statement. A big reason why is because of stress. And people are like, oh, stress hurts your health. But how? It's like, again, it's one of those things where people are like, stress is bad for your health. You're like, well, no shit. But like, what does that mean for me in terms of like? So then you, you know, you're driving to work in traffic and you're going to be late and you're just like, well, let me just not be stressed because it's bad. It's like, no, like, let's find a process and understand it. So when we perceive danger, now think about that word perceive. It's super important when we perceive danger, 
because what's scary to one person isn't necessarily scary to somebody else. And that's what, where I'll get to that um, example in a second. So we have to understand danger. That's the part that we can control, which we'll talk about. The part that we can't control is that when we say or think or whatever, we say, oh, shit, whatever it is, whether it's you have a deadline or there's a car slamming on its brakes in front of you or there's a fucking rattlesnake across your path, whatever, you are going to have epinephrine or adrenaline, sorry, um, and cortisol and all those kinds of things released into your bloodstream because when we're afraid, like our body evolutionary-wise has no idea that we have all these like stressful things that aren't life-threatening. And back in the day, in the caveman day, the cavemen didn't have these things. All The only kind of danger that they came across was life-threatening because nothing else mattered to them, so it was just life or death. And our body doesn't know the difference between that. So when you say, oh shit, whether it's you're late for work, whether it's you think somebody's talking about you, whether it's, oh God, somebody's going to confront me about what I did last week, whatever. Your body doesn't know the difference between that and a fucking tiger about to eat you. It doesn't. It just hears, oh shit. I'm in trouble. That's it. That's it. Cortisol, adrenaline, blah, blah, blah. Now, in our lives, in our culture, in this lifestyle, we come across those things literally all day long. So we have cortisol and adrenaline running through our body all the time. Now, this is a problem biologically because these things like cortisol and adrenaline, they're not designed to be running through our bloodstream all day long, every single day, for 30 years. These chemicals, like, I'm going to just, mostly because I don't know, like, that extreme of the science, but I'm just going to, like, paraphrase it. Basically, I mean, everybody knows fight or flight, right? These hormones help us to respond quicker, <clears throat> run faster, breathe harder, pupils dilate, basically just to survive better. And essentially, and I'm really paraphrasing this, so like, forgive me if you're like a medical person, I'm probably going to butcher it, but to get the idea, these chemicals essentially draw from your body in other places to gather up as much resources as it can to help you perform your best. Now, I don't know what that specifically means because I don't care enough because I believe it from there. But it's kind of like going into your savings account. Like you can't live off of your savings account because eventually it's going to be zero. <laughs> so basically the, these hormones are, they're kind of robbing our body. It robs our body of these resources. So it basically like breaks, it breaks down our body because it's using things that like aren't as important and taking them away and putting them towards the things that are important so that you can survive. Now, that should happen once every, like, I don't know, month, one time. I don't know how often animals get chased by cheetahs. But because it takes that much time to, to restore and replenish, just like your savings account. You can use a little bit, but then you need enough time where you're not dipping into it, where you're making money and putting it away, which is restoration, healing, meditation, rest, etc. So... If we're constantly pulling resources from the rest of our body, and I don't know if this is true, but say like our bones, our liver, our brain, whatever, I don't know, 
then like they're and we don't put them back we're just going to break our body down and that's exactly what happens the end and we get diseases and we get fat and depressed so that's why meditation is so important because we have to learn how to not feel like that all the time and most of us don't even realize that we feel like that all the time until like we just think it's normal especially like i live in new york it's like part of the culture this like quote-unquote hustle culture and it's like normalized hi it's not working hard sure but you don't have to feel shitty that's the whole thing it's like how you feel inside doesn't have to delegate how you're responding on the outside you can still be hustling and working hard and be really adamant about making a deadline or, or really you know focus in, in driving home on you know getting a getting a goal reaching a goal and not have to feel stressed like your emotions don't have to like stereotypically correlate with your actions if that makes sense it's just kind of yeah being able to isolate the the thought and the feeling so again so back to the perceived danger i was saying how you know two people can perceive a situation as dangerous or not so you can stop if you can find ways to think and you have to get like creative with your thinking so i mean half the time i lie to myself and i make up these ridiculous things and it works and it didn't before again it was just like little situations and then it builds and builds and builds because when you see it work for one thing then you then you think like okay i did this in this situation so maybe i can apply that here or if this worked here then maybe i can do it here so it's practice and however we yeah however we perceive it so you think about like like i'm a super super daredevil um adrenaline junkie like my mom and my sister uh, i mean afraid of their fucking shadow like afraid to drive so like things that they see scary like a roller coaster i get so hyped for that and they're terrified they're suffering i'm happy so it's like perceiving danger so the more things that you think are going to harm you or whatever the case and this is only for things that aren't going to harm you be afraid of murderers <laughs> you take away one piece of advice uh, so there are things that like we do need the fight or flight situation for you know or like i said if it, you know a car is about to hit you and you get that like you know that like electricity or that like that rush of that adrenaline it's so good um that's real that's what it's for so i'm not saying don't be afraid of anything but um something like yeah like doing well on a project or like like i was saying like changes in, in your workplace things like that that's not life-threatening so you're just literally tearing your body apart for no reason you don't actually change anything um and, a, and again if so if you don't believe me about your thoughts controlling your feelings you can think about how like sit there with your eyes closed and think about stand like imagine yourself standing on the edge of a cliff and you look way down and it's like miles down to the bottom and like you have to really imagine it and then imagine yourself leaning over and like putting one foot out you probably do you feel it like i literally feel that like 
like tension in my tummy. If you didn't feel it, keep doing it because it's real. If you did feel it, that's proof. You just felt an emotion based off of something that you thought and it's not really happening. You're not on the edge of a cliff. But you thought about it and you thought about what it would feel like. And you thought you were there. And so you had the corresponding emotion of fear. But nothing's really happening to you. Same thing. Same thing as like people get anxiety. Like a lot of times we create situations in our head that aren't really there and then we suffer because of them. Some things we make up, we make up problems. Some things are problems. Like getting fired or something, that's not something you made up. But then we can change our perception of that. And the most important thing that I wanted to get to is how important intuition is. So, and I think some people like don't have a good relationship with their intuition and they like need to be logical. Maybe their emotions are out of control or, or just like everything we've been talking about, they, their emotions are a response of like not good thoughts. I'm really, really intuition heavy. And when I make decisions just based on like how I feel or like my quote unquote gut, or just what my I point being that we all have feel like a I would voice, want to do, whether it's logical or it's more dramatic really, like mine. Really well it's like, do what you feel really well. And when I try to think about a situation or analyze it or try to like, you know, weigh out logically a, a decision, pff, shit, it's just, it's garbage. This has been something that kind of like came into play big time for me the past two months. Um, you know, I left my job, I left my corporate job that I was doing well at, left my my great salary, um, health insurance, stability, everything to go and start my own business. Um, logically, that's stupid as fuck. But intuition was like, nah, do it. And so far, so great. Knock on wood. I'll let you know in a month how it's going. But the point of that is when I got back to meditation... All this, this quote unquote chatter that we're trying to get rid of, whether it's negative, positive, neutral, whatever. We have this chatter that I was talking about that we want to quiet so we don't hear anything in our head. We just hear breathing. That chatter, we don't realize how much of it is not our own voice. And that's kind of a big statement. But... And, you know, and it's not our fault. We learn from from the people and the situations and the information around us. It's how we live and respond and interact. But when it comes down to making decisions, a lot of times we're not sure. A lot of times we make decisions based on, so this is why I'm saying, like, quote, unquote, logic. And that's a big air quote. This, quote, unquote, logic of what's in your head is not your actual desire. So like the thoughts in your head saying like, oh, you know, like I have, I always have my mom's thoughts in my head. And, and we, we can't tell the difference because it's our own voice. We're just repeating what we've understood and, and become conditioned to. And for so long, and I, I mean, I still do. I just am now aware of it. Because again, that's like fucking key to everything. I still hear my mom's voice like, oh man, like go for the, you know, go for the steady salary. My mom's like obsessed with, ugh, 
obsessed with financial stability. And I hear that and and I I've heard it so much from her that when I go to make these decisions, I'm like, oh man, but that financial stability and we don't even realize that that's not what we even care about or or that that's not our own <laughs> voice of what's even important to us, but we just think we've just heard it so much and it's in its part of our thought process and part of our information gathering, which is natural and normal. But a lot of times we make decisions based on that voice or those thoughts. Because you could argue anything. If you if you think about your brain, your brain is supposed to be uh, unbiased. It's supposed to be objective and your heart's supposed to be subjective. And then you have to have a balance of both because otherwise you're fucked. More on that later. But that's I think that's pretty clear. You can't be neutral to everything. There was a, a, I read this story and this guy had like a brain tumor and they removed his brain tumor and it affected or took out whatever the part of his brain that um, processed emotions, which sad, high. But like honestly, some of us would hear that and think like, oh, that's so great. You know, we thought like, oh, if we can take our emotions out of decisions, we'd be so, you know, we'd be great. Our, our lives would be so easy if we didn't have emotions about our decisions and we could just like decide logically what's better. No, his life was so difficult. He, he couldn't even decide like, like what to have for breakfast. (laughs) Like we don't realize how much our emotions affect everything. Like in a, in a productive way. I mean, biologically they're there for a fucking reason. This isn't like a sociocultural like invention. They're there for a reason and we don't listen to them and we don't hear them because Again, we don't have enough of that quiet that we get in meditation, we get in practicing that to shut up those other voices because, again, you cannot tell the difference between them and your own. Just try it. Try it. You can't just because they all get mixed together because it's all part of our experiences and things that other people have told us and advice and people we look up to and books we've read and TV shows and movies we've seen. That's how our brain works. But if we go on, you know, it's meant to kind of gather all that information and give you as much of the biggest pool, the biggest resource pool of information possible. That's what your brain does. You know, kind of like laying out the lineup and then your heart or your intuition, whatever you want to call it. I don't really know what it is scientifically, but just, I guess what you want. Then your heart or your intuition is going to say, okay, I got 56 options, but that one looks best. And so we have to go with that (laughs) instinct of being like, I like that one best you know like say you have 56 dresses in front of you if you sat there like well I don't know this one's cheaper but this one I don't know makes my butt look bigger or this one you know this color brings out my eyes or like this one I you know doesn't look so much like the one that my best friend's wearing like you could argue anything you have a million choices that's a point of your brain but your heart has to be like you have to like look at it and be like I like that that's it That's it. And you're going to be the happiest with that dress. Because there's no reason. There's no reason behind it. Just that it's whatever you resonate with. Because we have our own voice. And when you separate yourself, I mean, I did it the past two months when I left this job because I felt that, that influence from people around me and people that I didn't really respect. (laughs) So I was like, great, so I, A, don't like these people and I'm around them all the time, and B, they're starting to influence my thoughts. Bye. And it doesn't mean that you're weak. It just, 
it's just how it's how our brain works it's how we live we're going to take in information from our environment it's just when they when it gets all muddy that it gets confusing so i took myself away i've pretty much spent two months by myself and i don't hear that anymore even even my mom who i love so much i literally had to tell her like your fear i'm not even afraid but your fear is in my head she's like i thought you didn't even listen to me i was like well you don't but no i'm kidding we do it's like maybe i'm not listening to you like i don't do what you say like i don't take orders from you but i still hear you i still hear you. you're talking to me i love you i appreciate you and i still hear you and and so much of what she was saying was influencing me even though I don't care about the salary and I don't care about that. And, you know, it wasn't making me happy. I was miserable. I still had those like thoughts in my head and that comes from everywhere. You know, that was just like a clear, like I just saw that clearly that example, but we get it from so many places and that's even harder because it's like just little bits from everywhere. So you really, really can't like designate and separate and pull out little pieces. So it's hard to not be influenced by your environment, but we can quiet all of, all of it at least for a little bit or at least, you know, a little bit every day and just think about, you know, if you don't have those, those logical thoughts, quote unquote. So like I was deciding to leave my stable job, quote unquote, to go and, you know, pursue my own company. I just had so many conflicting thoughts because again, you can argue, you can argue anything for a million years. You know, I was just so back and forth, like, oh, the stability, and you know, what if it's this, what if it's that? You'll go crazy. You'll go crazy. Maybe you'll argue yourself into into a, a quote-unquote better answer, but like, better to who? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that even mean? The only thing that's better is the thing that's going to make you happy. And no logic, or I don't want to say logic, but there's no argument to that. Do you know what I mean? There's only one answer. So you can't argue it. So spending your time trying to argue logically about what's going to make you happy is stupid sorry so i sat there thinking back and forth you know is it smart and i had all this all these considerations so to speak well i could do this for this person or if i do that then like you know if i burn this bridge then they're gonna think this or you know if i do that like my mom's gonna freak out that comes from the chatter from the thoughts from the the ruminating and that's what we have to quiet when I sat and, and took out all those voices, when you think about how it's going to make you feel, but you have to be quiet. You have to be really quiet because it is so subtle and your mind is going to be loud as fuck. Your mind is going to be loud as fuck. Your mind is like on a microphone, on an amplifier, and your intuition or your instinct or your whatever, your heart, whatever you want to call it, is like whispering in the back. And you'll never hear what it's saying to do until this fucking guy shuts the fuck up. You'll never hear it. And then when you do, when you, when you get those thoughts to be quiet, you hear it going, start your own company. And you're like, okay. <laughs> like it's not confusing. It's not easy, but it's not confusing. But it's a skill. And everyone has a capability, like I said, if you have a mind and you have a heart and feelings and consciousness, then you automatically qualify to be successful. That's, that's all it takes. That's the only qualifications or requirements to do it. 
there's no such thing as somebody who can't meditate or isn't good at it or it isn't for them. But again, you know, you can, uh, my whole point of this, this long conversation is that it's, it's just so much bigger than that. It's a, it's a human thing. It's not a hobby or a style or a talent. It's just a human skill. And if you want to be happy, sustainably happy, not fleeting excitement, if you want to be sustainably happy and peaceful and really get the opportunity to enjoy your life, you got to start doing this. You got to figure it out. To me, it's totally worth it. And you get little, you know, you get little gems along the way. It's not that you have to, you don't have to wait the five years or the 10 years or the two years or whatever until you get like a strong grip on it to get the benefit. You'll get it right away. But you just get, you know, you get a little bit at a time. But a lot of people are just scared to be quiet. A lot of people are scared of what they're going to hear or think or feel or what kind of truth they're going to expose if they sit quietly, which I get. Um, and if you're not ready to hear the truth, then don't do it because you're going to. You have to be ready to, to hear the truth and hear what you really think and want and feel. But you have to want that. And you have to want happiness and peace and joy in, in a good life more than you want the tentative comfort of whatever lie you're telling yourself. And also, like, like truth is hard to face. Yeah, it is. And a lot of times that means letting go of things, moving on, saying goodbye, um, quitting jobs, whatever. Um, so again, you have to be ready for that. It sometimes means harsh changes that are uncomfortable and, you know, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to change things and go where it's new and where it's unfamiliar and scary. But what's on the other side is amazing. But you, you, that has to be your own choice. You have to be like, okay, well, this is going to suck, but I want the outcome way more like it's worth it you have to decide that for yourself you have to get to that point where you're like i want to be happy bad enough that i'm willing to go through this uncomfortable change and also don't be too scared because and i honestly think people like this is like a genuine thing like not even like a metaphoric thing but people are like literally afraid of like what they're gonna hear but like your inner voice is never and I mean never, and I'm saying this with a thousand percent certainty, is never going to bring you down. It's never going to want you to fail. It's never going to... It's always rooting for you. Always. And whether, and I have, whether you look at it from the, you know, like a spiritual side, like you know, you know, follow your heart, like it's always going to lead you in the right direction. Or if you look at it from like a philosophical side, where it's like, you know, you're the person that's talking in your head and the person that's listening are the same person. <laughs> so if it's your inner voice, and that's how you can really easily separate outer voices and outer influences from your own. 
Because if it's anything negative bringing you down or saying I can't or, you know, I'm not good enough, that never comes from you. Because nobody wants to be that. So if you're... If your inner voice is you talking to you, it's the same person, and you don't want to feel shitty, then that would then your own voice would never tell you that you're shitty. Do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of convoluted, but it's a bigger <laughs> it's a bigger concept than that. But essentially, you're never gonna bring yourself down. And even if you're looking at it from like a a scientific perspective. Your body is designed for you to survive. That cortisol production and that, you know, that depression, like those are not ideal for survival. So again, your inner voice, whatever you want to call it, even if you want to say instinctually or scientifically, you would never root against you. You would never root against you. Never. Never. You would never root against you. Not spiritually, not philosophically, not instinctually it makes no sense that being said we think like oh well i think that i'm shit no you don't you don't so when you hear things like i'm not good you know because because in our head the way it comes across we say it in first person i don't think i can do this we say i so we assume that like we believe it I don't think I can. Like, I'm not going to make it. We say I. Because just that's the way our consciousness is. If you haven't noticed. There's no question. Anytime you're hearing that uh, the other option, you know, I'm not good enough or I can't do it or, you know, I'm not strong enough, whatever. It's not coming from you. So tell it to shut the fuck up. Let your, let your, your genuine, authentic self be your primary and get your mind and body on board, man. I mean, we hear it all the time, mind-body connection. But for the 30th time, just another sentence that we hear. And we're like, okay, cool. What the fuck does that mean? But I just told you. So you're welcome. Get them to work together. They're not, they're not battling for first place. They're partners. And they have to be working towards the same goal. And if you're allowing your head to be too analytical or, or taking all the information from other people saying you can't or you're not good enough or whatever, and your heart wants you to be good enough and successful and happy and your head's telling you you can't be happy, you're just, you're treading water. You're treading water. They need to work together. Let them, let them, let them settle in their, in their own designated roles. You know, it's like micromanaging or like stepping on toes at, at, at your at your job. Like, let each element, your mind, your body, your head, and your heart, whatever you want to say, let them do their job. Let them offer you their best. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys all find some happiness and I hope this was helpful. Try your meditation. Just start with like 30 seconds. Just sit in the quiet, shut up, and just try to not say anything in your head. It's so hard. But you can do it. Keep at it. Keep practicing. And just keep working towards happiness. Let that be the most important thing. Um, and be ready to be uncomfortable with changes, but for the sake of, of the ultimate reward and payoff.